Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Cologne Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Ryan. And we're two best friends. We're going on a fragrance journey, smelling fragrances, and on the occasion, talking to great people like Justin Copeland here. Hey, Justin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Appreciate it. All right, no problem. We're excited for you to be here, man. Yeah, so on the day of this recording, you just posted <laughs> a, a video where you were having Grace smell some of your favorite fragrances, and you said that if she didn't like them, <laughs> that you guys were done. So we're we're hoping that you guys are still together. Is that the case? We made it through the video. <laughs> it, 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 everything worked out. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> that is good. Was there any surprises there? I'm sure you know her well enough to know her taste and fragrances but uh, was there any shockers there not really you know grace is always very very honest with her ratings she's not generous with ratings which i totally prefer you know she's not out here throwing out eights nines tens <laughs> right. every fragrance because she does have a very particular and i'd say pretty elevated taste compared to the average person who hasn't really studied anything so i knew to expect that okay you know, unless if something is really good, then it will get that out of the park kind of rating. And if not, then it is what it is. And I never take it personally. I'm like, oh, you don't really like. Obviously, the title <laughs> is inflated. It's drama. People <laughs> click on drama People when they go on it. YouTube. Yeah. They're looking for drama. So no, our marriage was not on the line or anything like that. Um, but you know, just having a good time. And I, yeah, I'm kind of unfazed these days about her opinions. If I love something and she doesn't, first of all. I know that we're smelling things on paper in the video anyway. Right. And there was a few fragrances in that particular video where I had mentioned she had smelled it on me before and actually really enjoyed it. But then in the video, she's like, eh, oh yeah, it's totally different. So <laughs> For that's sure. just, that's just a given. Something always to expect and something not to get too mad at. I kind of want to commend you and her because when you kind of talked about uh, actually Second Soul, I loved how you did a just one-on-one -on -one with her and kind of having a conversation. And honestly, it says a lot about both of y'all. And you can just see and feel there's like a really good connection there. Y'all both are so damn calm and collected <laughs> and cool. <laughs> I mean, seriously, me and this guy run 100 miles an hour all the time. And I feel like we, <laughs> we wear stress and everything. And I just felt like at peace watching this video. <laughs> yeah, I will say not only that video, but most of your videos are kind of like ASMR. Like yes. you can put them on and like you just relax. You just kind of settle down. You got like that soothing demeanor about you. <laughs> yeah, man. I appreciate that. I see that comment a lot. Like, man, I almost fell asleep watching this video. Like, oh, you guys are so calming or, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, I don't even know how I made it through this whole video. Like I was somehow relaxed without being bored. Like how did this happen? <laughs> Uh, and I'm like, I don't know, but thanks for watching. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that, that whole one-on-one -on -one video we did for the promo launch of the fragrance was her idea. She's like, really? I want to sit down and interview you. So we kind of devised the questions together, but the flow was kind of, you know, dictated by her and even the setup and everything. So she does have a hand in some production work with the channel of certain things. Well, like I said, I absolutely loved it. And uh, it really made me understand, honestly, kind of like your point of view with uh, going through and making the fragrance or helping create the, have a view for the fragrance. And uh, I loved, I need to back up, but me and this guy here, we say it all the time to everybody. We love stories. We love uh, mm -hmm. cinema and stuff like that. So to see how deeply you tied this fragrance, even to her, 
ever. Man, that has to be really special and really cool for you to be able to do that. Yeah, man, to say the least. From the time I made the first fragrance, Brass and Soul, to Second Soul, you know, I feel like my life completely changed. You know, where I was when I did Brass and Soul was, it was kind of a different me. Not really, but I was me, but everything around me was a different world. So when Grace came in and it coincided with the time to make another fragrance, there was a gravity there. I'm like, there's no way I could create some kind of artistic extension of myself and not include her because she's such a, a, a seminal point in my life. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, just it makes total sense. And it happened to just perfectly coincide with a continuation of the narrative from the first one, just kind of going deeper and just giving it more branches and more layers. So, um, yeah, you're right. It was super special. Man, that is so awesome, man. Seriously, I commend you for that. That is amazing. And I, I just, I'm jealous of that, honestly. So cool. Because it's raw. Oh, it's raw man. and it's real, it's man. Real, I love that. Yeah. I think that's what people really love and resonate with. I think you guys probably get the same thing that we do because we've been best friends for so long and our friendship is so tight knit that people pick that up mm. and that's part of the quality that they like about what we're doing. We're not just talking about fragrances, but each time we produce something, they get a little bit more informed about who we are and what our friendship means to us. And I, I can't help but feel mm. like people feel the same way with you and Grace. That's all we could hope for. We both strive for authenticity, whether on camera, off camera. In fact, it was, it was funny. And this is still kind of strange for me, but in the coolest way, um, I have a patron myself and there's a member of my patron who lives like five hours away from me up in Canada. And I'm also a musician, as you guys may have known. Last night, I had a performance in town here in Portland, and this guy drove all the way down wow. for the show. And he showed up and I knew him because we, you know, on my Patreon, we do like Zoom calls with everyone and we just kind of hang and chat. That's cool. And he, I was like, I was like, dude, what? He's like, hey, I was like, whoa. And he's like, why are you saying, whoa? I'm saying, whoa. And so like, and Grace was there too. So I, we did the show. And then after the show, uh, we were hanging with him a bit. And he wasn't outwardly saying it, but he just had this look on his face of like, I've only ever saw you on a screen. <laughs> right. You know, and this is like really strange. And I was sensing that energy and I was trying to like, because I'm not really good at truly being in a moment like that and understanding how people might see me. I'm just, I try to project. I'm like, I'm not really thinking about, I wonder what they think of me. Like, I wonder how cool I look kind of thing. <laughs> right. But, you know, yeah, but in this moment, in I'm like, moment. it must be kind of weird for him to be in a situation where it's like, yeah, he's been watching my videos for years and now here we are sitting across the table from each other. I know how I would feel in that case. So it was just like really just an eye-opening experience and not anything boosting myself, but just like, it just, it humbled me, ironically enough, more than anything. I'm like, this is really cool. Like what this world of perfumery can bring and how it can bring people together. Like it, it blew me away. And just the, the, the gesture that he made of getting in his car and taking a trip. I'm like, dude, really? Like, oh man, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> We're still blown away as well. You know, it's such a unique community. I mean, at least for our, from our stance and, uh, yeah, we're still blown away by how much people care. You know, we've taken some time off before and man, the messages we get all the time is like, man, it's, it's something. And it, it's, uh, you don't think people really care that much sometimes. You kind of get caught up in the world and doing your thing. And yeah, it is, it's yeah. definitely special. So I know that had to feel amazing. We met one of our listeners one time, actually. Yeah. We met up with him. 
him and actually met his family. We went and had lunch together and then we went and smelled fragrances <laughs> wow. together. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was actually oh, texting man. me today. He was seeing like us kind of progress. He's been around since the very beginning. You yeah. know, we, he's our day one sort of a guy. <laughs> and so, you know, he was just kind of congratulating us. And, and I was just like, man, you know, we'll just never forget. Like you were like one of the first 10 people who listened to this thing, you know, and as wow, as as we grow, and I'm sure you know this as well, because your audience is massive on, on both Instagram and YouTube, but you always have to be grounded to the fact that each number is a person and each person has yes. a life. And that's kind of what we see more and more just with interacting with people if they come over to the Patreon or like you said, you've, you've got a Patreon that then came in and watched you. And in that moment, you know, we're actually connecting lives and building bridges and, and it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. I love that about this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's such a, a profound point to make about the numbers to people think because it's so easy to get swept away and watching the numbers creep up. And just literally seeing them on a screen and seeing them as numbers. And it's like, wait a minute, let me step back here. These are people. <laughs> and it's great to have those reminders. You know, it can even be easy to forget that in comment sections. Like, right. Because a lot of people may not use their real name. Then, you know, obviously you mentioned the name earlier. That's not a real name, I'm sure. But it's <laughs> nonetheless, like, even then, like, they may not use a picture, whatever it right. may be. And it can be very easy, especially. If they are being negative to you, it's so easy to not even see them as a person. Right. And to see like beyond what they're saying and say like, okay, this is a, a life on the other side of this comment. There's a reason why they're saying what they're saying and it has nothing to do with me. Right. Because they don't actually know me yeah. Yeah. and I don't know them. So, this is a projection of something. So, I it took me some years to learn that and that has been invaluable. For me, you know, I guess facing the storms of dealing with an audience, dealing with the internet, um, dealing with people who don't always have great things to say. Right. And just to have that perspective has just given me a lot more peace and grounding when it comes to interfacing because it is the, the constant reminder that there's, they're humans, right? Know, just like me. So, we're really not that different at all. I can't imagine. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that just want to be mean to be mean. But I just can't imagine from the way you carry yourself and the way you present the content that you create that you get much negativity. I mean, I haven't snooped through your comment sections, but <laughs> I just see just from what I've seen from you, you don't leave a lot of vulnerable positions to go like, oh, he did this wrong. Here's a chance for me to yeah. attack. I just feel like you, you're so, you're so chill. You're so cool. You know, do you get a handful of people that still come out swinging? Oh, yeah, I sure do. It's always the minority. Right. And it will always be the minority unless you're going out of your way to stir the pot and <laughs> right. literally make no one happy. Then you would have to expect the blowback you get from that. But if you're being your authentic self, then I think yeah, authenticity is infectious. It is what people are looking for I agree, when yeah. they tune into anyone on any social platform. And a majority of people are going to like that. And it says a lot about the people that don't. Right. And they are, again, always the minority. They will come out and they're not going to say, I don't like you because you're authentic. They're not going to say those words. They're going to mask it in some other way because there's some kind of lack. There's some kind of void that they are attacked by by something you say or how you present yourself. And right. again, it took me some years to really learn 
where those people are coming from or where they might be coming from. Cause I never truly know everyone's lives are so nuanced, but yeah, it's, they're, they're out there in every video. There's at least one. <laughs> and you know, these days I will typically, unless they have a genuine question, I will just re- remove the comment. Yeah. <laughs> like it's serving nothing. It's not even serving them. Right. So I'm, I'm just yeah. going to remove the comment. If it's just out, I had a couple of those already on today's video. Wow. That you oh, won't man. see because I've already removed them. You know, especially when you get another person on screen. Yeah. You know, just it opens up the floodgates for how critical people can be. So I was like, I'm not even going to deal with it. There's no point. Especially when you love that other person and you also don't want them to be a target for someone who may not necessarily care for what you're doing. But now, you know, you're you almost want to protect them. Like me and Ryan, for example, I feel like I would be more upset if somebody said a comment about Ryan than they did about me. I would be more irritated. Same for you as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's like you care about that person. Me, I know exactly how something affects me when I read it, but I don't know exactly how it would affect you. You know, you'd probably tell me, but in that moment, I would be like, it's my job to protect the person (laughs) that I love. And I will say that I love Ryan. It's out there, you know. (laughs) Um, But for your spouse now to be on the screen, yeah, I can imagine that it's like, hey, look, leave her out of this, you know. Yes, exactly. It's been a learning experience for the both of us. But again, I really can't complain because the majority is positive. Yeah. And that's, if you choose to look at that, then it's like, I'm okay. It's so easy for that negative to slip in and take your attention and that comment to become like size 86 on your screen. <laughs> right. Man, the only, is this the only comment on this video? It's like, you could just <laughs> scroll past it and all of a sudden it's gone. There you go. Well, the thing that we love about you two is the thing that we've leaned on with ours, which is the chemistry, that you guys have great chemistry. Uh, You complement one another very well, and it's always enjoyable to watch. So, we love that about it. We won't keep going on about that because this is about you, about this new fragrance, but just something that we wanted to applaud that you've done it so well. You guys have been so genuine, authentic to who you are, and it's, it's a joy to see. For sure. Thank you so much. Really appreciate that. Well, you want to, let's ask him a question from uh, our Patreon. Okay. Let's hit him. We'll start with the wild one, Sergeant Bud Cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, Your videos are so polished. Do you have any professional training or experience on that side of things? Huh. Great question. First of all, thank you. And I don't think I've ever gotten that question before. No, I don't have any personal training. I have experience just from doing it. Right. You know, I've had my channel for almost seven years now and everything was, you know, it's like, let me open up iMovie and see how this thing works. (laughs) Right. So, it was literally trial and error from day one. And, you know, like with anything, and this applies to any person, if you do enough reps, you're going to figure it out. It's going to become easier. It's going to become more polished. So, at this point, I don't I have at least, I don't know, 750 videos that I have now produced. And that comes with those are reps that comes with refinement over time. So, if you go back, you will see where I've come from. It's sure. very clear. And you're like, oh, yeah, he, he's gotten better. <laughs> he's gotten better with time. But, you know, you're always doing the best you can with what you have at any point in time. Yeah. So, those videos, you know, 2016, 17, I'm like, that was my best work. And I genuinely, I felt that way at the time. I'm like, right. yeah, this is good. And I'm like, now it's like, I wish I could delete those videos, but I won't. <laughs> right. Just because, you know, you can see the progression. It's it's honest. There it is, you know. 
Yeah, that's Mike over here. I, I listened to some of our early podcasts. I'm just like, oh, my God, dude. We should just take that down. Who wants that to be our first listen? <laughs> and he's like, it shows growth, man. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You got to leave it up. It's, it's part of the portfolio. That's it. I, I keep saying it's character development. I, yeah. I actually want to, to stay on the subject a little bit. We had another gentleman and our uh, Patreon, Michael Kirby. They said, how does- Oh, Mike Kirby. Yeah. That's you it. know him as well? I've seen him in my in okay. my YouTube comments. Okay. Yeah. Well, he says, how does he try to balance content and videos between things interesting to himself while keeping the YouTube algorithm happy? If he could just make- <sighs> And this is the other part. You think that's hard. This is the harder <laughs> one. He said, if he could just make exactly what he wanted, how would his focus be on those videos change? Ah, gosh, <laughs> hard hidden stuff. I know. <laughs> I love it. It's great. This is the stuff I, I think about and have been thinking about for a long time. These are the underpinnings. These are the inner workings. These are the cogs and the wheels. Yeah. Because again, if authenticity is the goal, that means analysis is constant. I'm always trying to figure out what can be tweaked, what can I change, what's working, what's not. When I started, it wasn't that serious. I was simply making videos that I wanted to make at first, and I didn't really care who was watching or not. I had no plans with the channel at that time. As I started to see viewership increase, I started to pay a little bit more attention to what was working for other people across the platform and trying to figure out, okay, do I want to do this? Like, do I want more growth? Like, how could this work? So I would do a lot of the topics that were being done just in my own way, whatever it was, and it was working. I'm like, okay, cool. And I started to get jaded by that right. after a couple of years. And I think a lot of people know, maybe not everyone, but I did take a, a hiatus from YouTube. In 2018, I stepped away from making videos for about six months. That was also coinciding with my move from Chicago to where I am now in Portland. And so a lot was changing. It was just a, a whirlwind. Nonetheless, after I was settled here for a couple months, I restarted because I'm like, you know what? I missed producing videos. I missed kind of like refining my nose and, and sharing my thoughts and findings and whatnot. So revived the channel and have been going ever since, since the end of 2018. And then from that point, it has been this much more intentional interfacing with the YouTube beast. I've been right. way more diligent about, okay, what is going on here? What is like the overall picture of what we're doing here and what it came out to be? And at least those who were getting a lot of success in this space, what was ultimately happening was people getting on camera, sharing fragrances with a promised outcome and encouraging more consumerism, more buying more hoarding, whatever you fill in the blank with whatever that word is. Right. But it was just this economy of just more and more and more and excess and surplus and unnecessary things. And, and again, that's kind of inconsequential when you look at it. It's like, okay, people are going to spend their money on stuff. Cool. That's what people do. But I could not, with a voice and a platform, I could no longer feel at peace knowing that I was a part of that machine. To say like, yeah, hey, I'm just getting on camera doing what everyone else is doing because it's working for them. So it's going to work for me. And I'm going to say, hey, I buy these fragrances because they will get you compliments. And it's like, there's more to fragrance than that. Yeah. Right. Obviously, that is what, because that is the content that is consumed on YouTube and, you know, videos like that, that is what YouTube kind of caters the algorithm around in the fragrance space. It is dictated by the viewers. 
And obviously, we as creators play a role too, especially when we can give people what they didn't know they needed or wanted. That is what I feel like I'm always trying to do now. So, it's been this balancing act ever since. And I would say this year, over the past, I don't know, six to eight months, has been some of the biggest growth I've experienced. And up until this point, it's been quite a crucible because, <laughs> and, and Grace would, and I would have conversations about this all the time. I would tell her, it's like, you know what? I want, I want to create the content I want to create and I want the notoriety. And she was like, it sounds like you want everything. <laughs> <laughs> right? <sighs> You're right. I do want everything. It's like, I don't want to make, I don't want to make the stuff I don't care about. I want to make the stuff I do care about and I want to, I guess, not, you know, just be recognized for it. And like, you know what? You kind of have to pick. So I was kind of doing that, but still trying to go down the middle, I would say. Yeah. And like every video that I make is videos I want to make. There's a lot of videos I don't want to make that I don't. I just like don't even entertain the idea. Now, what I've been experimenting with over the past six to eight months that I think has been working is I'm trying to give people what I want to give them in the way I want to give them, but in a package that not only the algorithm can understand, but also the average viewer who doesn't even know who I am can understand. And that has involved a lot of filtering. I've had to kind of strip away excess stuff, especially, you know, you guys understand like packaging when it comes to content is so huge. Thumbnails, titles, yeah. right? For sure. Massive stuff makes such a big difference. And I've done a lot of experimenting with that over time. And I'm not going to say I found the formula. <laughs> I found what works now. <laughs> right. But what I can say is that after all the thought and all the frustration and banging my head against the wall that I've done over the past couple of years, I've reached a point where I have found something that is working that I will continue to adapt and evolve as needed. So ultimately, yes, it's a funny little fighting game. I feel like I'm in a game of Street Fighter with, you know, with all, it's just like me versus everything that, you know, is popular, whatever it is. And I've gotten some, you know, I've kind of interestingly established this reputation with my channel, which was never an intention. I get called Fragrance Morpheus a lot, which is, <laughs> and, and honestly, on one hand, I'm like, no guys, like, you got way more hair than like Lawrence Finchburg <laughs> <laughs> Yes. You know, on one hand, it's really, it's awesome. I'm like, cause I, I freaking love the matrix and all that. Yeah. I'm like, wow, that's cool. And I, I love the idea of Morpheus. But on the other hand, it's like, no guys, like I'm not trying to like force this image of like, this is me and I am just the complete counterculture kind of thing. Like I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to be me and call it how I see it. So yeah. I'll just keep doing that. We'll see how it continues to evolve. But all I can say is I'm grateful for every moment, even the moments where I was like really down, you know, and, and just kind of wondering like, why am I making this video right now? But I'm like, I'm going to do it because I have something to say and I'll do it. And then everything just kind of compounds, even when it doesn't make sense for a period of time. Right. It all adds up. Well, let me ask you this. When you took uh, six months off, which, wow, we took three months off. Yeah. And people were screaming about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> were you shocked, one, by how much people probably missed you during that? And when you came back, did it just pick right back up or did you see a, a hit to your numbers at all for that? When I look back at it, it really doesn't make any sense that I stopped when I did. <laughs> I was just shy of 10,000 subscribers. I was like at wow. nine and change. And it was cool. I wasn't really 
at that point, I was like not really caring about like how big my channel was getting because I was just like not happy with what it took to grow it at that point. So, you know, when I by the time I left, I was just like, I am done. I can't make another video. I wasn't done with fragrances. I was still sniffing stuff. I was still acquiring new stuff here and there. Right. Um, when I came back, you know, over the course of time, I was seeing comments here and there. I wasn't checking my YouTube all the time. So I was a little tapped out on YouTube. I was still pretty active on Instagram, but I was seeing, you know, I, I would see at least once a day, I would see a comment of someone saying, Hey man, you know, I just came across this video, which was my last video at that time. You know, really sorry to hear that it came to this place, but I totally understand and all the best to you. I got a lot of those comments. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, I still get those comments today <laughs> on that video <laughs> Yeah, when people who are new to my channel, they come, oh man, I've been watching, I've been binge watching your content up to this video. You know, I'm so sorry that it didn't work out. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I've been back for almost six years now, so it's okay. We had something uh, like that happen like, to oh. us. <laughs> we we, oh, we yeah. were like, hey, we're ending it. You know, we'll pop in every once in a while. And we actually, we picked it back up and now we're posting regularly again. But we got a review on Apple, <laughs> Apple Podcast, where they it was like, you know, five star. This is the best fragrance podcast. I just hate now that it's dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. No, it's not. Yeah, we're dead. not dead. <laughs> we're still here. <laughs> but you know, uh, so yeah, when I did come back, you know, at that point, I had kind of a different outlook. I wasn't really quite so number focused. I was really focused on, uh, first of all, featuring fragrances that I loved. And if I'm doing that, that means the content I'm making is what I want to make. Because if the fragrances aren't what I want to talk about, then the content is not what I want to make. So at that point, I was just happy to have an, have an outlet again, because it is kind of a creative outlet for me. I consider myself an artist and you know I have out different outlets for it. And it's just one of them. I love editing videos. I love being silly with my edits. I love even filming and stuff and producing, putting videos together and scripts and whatnot. So I just started to find more joy in that. And it was awesome that people were super excited. You know, when they, I didn't get a ton of people like showing up at my door, like you're back. Like it wasn't like this <laughs> massive grand re-entrance or anything, but I did feel warmly welcomed and especially by my fellow creators as well. You are probably prepared more than most because you know how much time it takes to put the reps in for music. Like you got to show up, mm. you got to have the bad days with the good days, and you got to have a ton of them before you get to the yeah. level that you're at. I mean, as a musician, playing where you're playing, the ability that you have, you just have to do it over and over and over again. You have to keep showing up and putting in the work. Mm-hmm. And I think you may be more prepped than a lot of people out there just because that mentality when you started that you weren't going to be great. You know, you knew hours and hours and hours. And if you did think that after hours, you realized that you, that anyways, that you weren't going to be great, right? (laughs) You just put the time and put the time and put the time in. And uh, that dedication to the hours and the hours and the hours, people just aren't ready for that. When they think like, oh, I want to make a couple videos, maybe it'll just pop off and be great. Sometimes they do, but for the most part, it's that effort and that journey that you've made as a musician really just kind of redefined as a video maker. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, I, I do believe there is something to that for sure. And and I couldn't even say I, I could ever acknowledge it at the time in the midst of creating or in the midst of dealing with hardships with it. But yeah, I can easily say that my musical study definitely conditioned me a certain way. You know, obviously I did take a break from YouTube, but 
I did that because I didn't feel like myself anymore. And that's just who I am. If I don't feel like I'm doing it from authenticity, I can't do it. I can't put on the mask and dance. I can't juggle the chainsaws and make the money. Kind of <laughs> like I can't do that. I, I right. will like I'll crack and I'll be like, sorry, guys, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> but as long as I'm, I'm operating from a place of sincerity and genuinely who I am, I don't really quit. I'll find a way. Let's find another way. That doesn't work. Okay. Let's try to go around. Okay. That doesn't work. Let, I'm always searching. I'm always examining and analyzing, as I said. How did that kind of take you into, we'll start with Brass and Soul first. How did that, mm. just from a level, and I can just tell your direction, just from talking with you now for 30 minutes, you're a very authentic guy. So when you come to fragrances, I'm sure just in what you pick up and what you purchase, you're looking for something that's going to give those around you a better understanding of who you are once they smell that fragrance. They go, oh, this is more of the nuance of who I am as a person. So when you go into directing the creation of a fragrance, how did that play into it? First of all, when I got the opportunity from George Zaharoff to create a fragrance, it was the scariest thing <laughs> I think I'd ever experienced in my fragrance journey. You know, I'm like, wait a minute. What? He's like, yep, I would love for you to do it. Everything's taken care of. You just need to start from the ground up, come up with an idea, you know, some kind of creative brief and tell us, you know, put yourself into this bottle, basically. And I'm yeah. like, that's really vulnerable. Wow. And I felt immediately so inferior. I'm like, I, I mean, I, I know what I like and stuff, but me like being a part of a creation, like, well, who's to say it'd be any good kind of thing. So I was constantly questioning myself, but working with George was such a gift because he, I mean, I'm not going to go too much into it, but he has a long career of being vulnerable, putting himself out there, being shut down, losing everything, getting it back. I mean, he has stories for days and so much experience. So he had a lot of wisdom to offer. And, you know, the one thing he kept reminding me, he's like, Justin, I'm choosing you because I believe in you. We would not be having this conversation otherwise. And he's like, and it has nothing to do with making sales or money because I'm not getting rich off of this project. I might break even. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, Okay. <laughs> so there was no pressure immediately. From there, it was kind of effortless because all I had to do was be myself. It's like, I just have to be myself and this will be a thing. Great. So it started with writing. I just had to write out what I was thinking. It all came to me very quickly. As soon as I had focus, I'm like, you know what? Music. Let's make music a part of this. I've been a musician for over 25 years. Like it would be ridiculous to not have my first fragrance be involved with something that is such an integral part of my life. And I had the privilege of working with a great perfumer, a guy by the name of Vincent Kuczynski. He is uh, contracted with Mon, who is one, I think they're the fifth largest fragrance and flavor house in the world. And he's out on the East Coast. And so we got to have some conversations and that, that just put things at ease even more because I'm talking to literally a guy who's been in the industry for decades and he is edifying me. He's like, oh man, yeah, I love what your ideas are. And I think, <laughs> you know, what you, the ideas you have is really going to, we're going to make something good here. I'm like, if you think that, <laughs> I think you're right. You know, there like yeah. I'm not an expert. I'm not a perfumer. I have no expertise in chemistry or anything, anything dealing with raw ingredients. So it was actually, it flowed, at least for the first one. The second one was a little bit more intricate 
the process. And uh, it was a little bit more particular in terms of like what the final product would be. So it was a little bit more back and forth. But yeah, I can't really say all I could say is that the only resistance I really encountered was at the beginning of the first one, that true resistance of just me account encountering me getting over myself, right. realizing that I'm here for a reason. I have what it takes. Let's give it a shot. There's literally nothing to lose. I hope that answers your question. A hundred percent. At least that's that's what comes to mind for now. Yeah. I feel like that, what do they call it? The imposter syndrome sort of a thing where you oh, go yes. like, oh man, I shouldn't be doing this. I'm not qualified <laughs> to do this, but it's other people validating you through, first of all, the choice that we chose you because of who you are. And so that's yeah. all the validation you need to move forward. Let's jump into talking about the second fragrance, second soul, in the yeah. same way, this authentic self that you have putting forward into that. Now you've interacted, grace has come into the picture. And now, so just like you said with music, it's such a, a vibrant and special part of who you are that you want to include that. Now you're also talking about that with grace who's come along, made you more complete as a person and made you a better person, I'm sure, that is in this picture and now you've created the second fragrance. Yeah. I mean, that process was, it was kind of just picking up where we left off. You know, when it came to Second Soul, I already knew as soon as George had said, hey, round one went great. How do you guys feel about doing round two? And we're like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so I already knew I wanted to do something based on the original. I was going to do a flanker. Yeah. And I won't go too much into this because it is maybe a, another podcast episode topic. But when I made Brass and Soul, put it out and, you know, feedback, I didn't know what to expect because first right. time ever doing anything like this, I'm like, what the heck is this going to be like? What are people going to say? What are they not going to like about it? What are they going to like about it? You know, overall, the feedback was really good. However, there were a number of comments of people saying, this is not what I expected from you. This is not you. And I see your faces now. You guys are like, what? Yeah, I know. I'm, <laughs> That's I'm, what I was saying. I was like, yeah. wait, this is not me. They're like, yeah, you know, on, on camera, you're just this smooth, dark, smoky individual. Yeah. And <laughs> the fragrance just did not represent that at all. I'm like, okay. So that was such a great learning experience for me. Mm. It was hard. That was a tough moment because I was dealing with, a group of people who all had the consensus that they knew who I was and that I did something wrong that was not aligned with who I am. <laughs> and I'm, I had to step back and say, wait a minute, I know me. They must not know me. <laughs> right. They know what I showed them. Yeah. Whatever I put on in a video, that's what I put. I mean, in a 16 minute video, you can't completely know exactly who someone is inside and out. That's right. And, you know, I feel like viewers they kind of want that. They want to feel that connection with someone and it's definitely there, but they need to understand they're not getting every nuance of that person's humanity contained in this little screen in right. a produced video. And there's people who just simply didn't realize that. So I had to realize like, okay, these people don't know me because if they did, they would know that this is 100% me. For a lot of people said it was just, oh, it's just too fresh and soapy and clean and, you know, that's not you at all. Like you just, and I'm like, okay. So, 
First of all, I made the fragrance to be balanced. I made it to, yes, have a fresh, vibrant, jubilant nature to it, Mm -hmm. which represents the narrative of the fragrance, which is about my trumpet being cold at the start of the performance. And there's so much energy and and anticipation. And then through the performance, things kind of settle. It warms up. It gets sweeter and darker and whatnot. Now, everyone didn't have that experience with the fragrance. For some people, I, I saw this divide, which was very interesting. Some people would say, it's, it was a bar of soap on my skin for five hours and then it disappeared. <laughs> and then I had some people say it started very clean, but after like 10 hours, it completely transforms into something totally different. It turns ambery, warm, little smoky, leathery. And that's what I intended. So it was like kind of a 50% split of the experiences that people had. And obviously people draw their assessments based on their experience. I totally sure. understand that. So those who did have the very kind of one or two dimensional experience with it, that's the conclusion that they drew was like, oh, you made it this way and this is not you. And then the other people who had the other experience got it. They're like, oh, totally. Yeah, I totally get it. There's balance here. There's transformation here, evolution. There is nuance, like it's all here. And that's what I wanted to do. And I think Vincent, uh, my perfumer, nailed it because we went back and forth a little bit. Now, I wanted to just get that out of the way and there's more I could say. But (laughs) coming to Second Soul, I knew that we were going to start with Brass and Soul because I think we started with a great foundation. And my plan was that when I made this, if I had a chance to make a second one, then we would go deeper. We would take it in a different direction. It would be based on the same DNA, but it would be kind of opposite in some ways. That was my plan before Second Soul was even a dream. So I already knew when I had the chance to do this, okay, I'm going to make this darker. I'm going to, I mean, and it, and it goes in line with the narrative. You know, the Brass and Soul is the first set of music. There's more people in the room, again, more electric, more vibrant, more energy. Second Soul is the second set of music. The, the room is emptied out a bit. The candles are burning a little dimmer. The music is not quite as energetic anymore because it doesn't need to be. There's not just a ton of bodies in the room to cater to now. And there's another individual in the room that I now notice who I didn't see before. So now there's this other layer of connection that is more sensitive, right? So I knew I would want the scent to represent that in a darker way. So it takes the original, kind of almost starts where it leaves off Mm -hmm. if you want to be technical and it's dry down and then it goes further and it adds some more layers to it. When Brass and Soul first did come out, we didn't get a chance to get uh, Ross's- we, we, Business overplay. Yeah, we didn't get a chance to get that. We got a decant of yours and we got a decant of the other one. But just to be honest with you, the first time I smelled it and just a couple, we've had a couple of fragrances now that we have we have revisited, one of it being Must Rabajarba, Frederick Mall. Yes. We first smelled that. We didn't like it. And in fact, in the old episode, we never upload that episode for whatever reason, but he's on the mic going, you know what? We may need to revisit this in a year and I bet y'all like it. But we pulled it up and we we ended up loving it the second time we smelled it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of the same thing happened. Not that I didn't like it, but I resonate with what you just said. Uh, You were saying your fan base was like, this isn't you. Because when I first smelled it, if I'm being candid and being honest Mm -hmm. here, that's what I was I was thinking it was going to be this dark, uh, whatever, maybe smoky fragrance or whatever. And it wasn't. It wasn't that it was a bad smell. It was a really good smell. But we've had time since then. 
and we smelled it again. And I was like, wow, this is really, it's really kind of pretty. I like how it smells. It is fresh and it, I, I love it. But when you just said that though, like how it represented like the trumpet, it's cold and the energy and everything, man, it, all that just resonated instantly with me. And now it makes so much sense. That, so that's mm. awesome. But I wanted to kind of be open about that. And there's part of me, I can see where, where fans do, they see that little part of you and you're correct. They don't get every bit of you. And even me and him, we've been, uh, we create as well, but even I've have fell victim to that to think, oh, that's how you should sure. be, or this is how this fragrance should be. But I love that you opened sure. up about that, man. I feel like with anything like this, if let's just say our whole personality, our whole being, our whole whatever is spread out over the course of a, yeah. a two hour movie, and then somebody only gets to watch 11 seconds of it, and then they have to judge the whole movie based on just this tiny fraction of the whole mm -hmm. picture. Yeah. They're going to say different things. If they pick it up in Act 1, it's going to look completely different than the end of Act 2. Those 11 seconds look completely different. Yeah. And I think just like you were kind of saying, I love the authenticity. That's the thing I think as human beings we got to strive for. But even in that, just this one little fraction of your personality around fragrance could be completely different than the person who you are when you're standing behind your trumpet and you're playing music or different than the person you are with your wife. I mean, I feel like our lives are they're just all these different variations of shades and colors and you can't mm -hmm. really think that by watching just fragrance videos <laughs> that you know who Justin yeah. is, yeah. you know, but because our listeners or our w viewers or let's call them fans, they do love that part of us so much that yeah, yeah I think they expect everything to be that one small facet of who we sure. are. Yeah. yeah. And I totally understand the idea of expectations um, that is completely valid. And I, I do strive for a connectedness with my audience. So, I'm not trying to sit here and say like, you guys, you, you just need to understand that you don't understand kind of thing. Like, I'm not <laughs> right. trying to say that at all, but it was just such an interesting exercise. It needed to happen. I needed yeah. to have that feedback because it just fortified who I know I am. And you know, one of the biggest things is, again, it's supposed to be me in a bottle. My personality, I don't know if it's always represented in how I speak, but if you watch my videos, it's represented in how I edit. Okay. Yeah. I am a freaking clown. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I am a total clown. I love, I love to joke. Yeah. I would consider myself very mature, but on my videos, I know I can come off as just like a river of sludge, you know, like, oh, this guy is just literally just darkness flowing. And he just, he, there's just like utter smoothness. He has no inflection in his personality. It is just cool and calm all the time. And, yeah. They expected yeah. like a cozier fragrance from you because that is the one thing I get. I think yeah. we were saying it's just like, it's so yes. cozy. You're so cozy to listen to. You do have that. I mean, I definitely pick up the sense of humor, but because you come across so well-spoken and intelligent, yeah. you're so cool. I mean, you, like <laughs> us, we come off as nerds, but you somehow <laughs> can, you can freak out about fragrances and still look as cool as hell yeah. doing it. <laughs> oh my God, man. <laughs> I mean, first of all, there's nothing wrong with being nerds because I consider myself one. As soon as I bring people over to my house and I show them my collection, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm a nerd right now. Yeah. And that's cool. Because they're in awe. They're like, what? <laughs> I'm like, yep. 
embrace the nerddom. That's it. I feel like uh, <laughs> just me. I'm not saying you have a connection with me here, but I feel this little connection. Just you saying that. I know you get out in front of people and you play music all the time and you, you're obviously making a channel, posting up videos all the time, putting yourself out there. You're vulnerable. But I feel like there's a little bit of you that, because I'm very introverted. I feel like there's a little bit of that with you because I am, and he knows this, I am so reserved. Now, right now, this is me kind of, this is just a little bit of me, but in reality, mm-hmm. When I go out and meet people for the first time, he'll tell you, I'm just, I won't hardly talk at all. In fact, when we've had, we've mm-hmm. done, we do business meetings sometimes and I'm always the guy like I purposely take notes. I don't talk. I just listen, take notes. <laughs> right. He does all the talking because he's so good at it and he's extroverted. But then when I get to know somebody, yeah, I open mm-hmm. up fully and we we're clowns together all the time. I yeah. kind of feel like I get that vibe from you a little bit, man. You like to kind of feel the situation yeah. out a little. Definitely. I'm pretty judicious with where I put my energy Mm -hmm. because I have a limited supply like you. I would say by nature, I'm introverted, you know, but I can turn it on if needed, even when I don't really want to. So I know people say like amberverted is a thing. I I might be kind of in the middle somewhere, but I've never heard of that um, term. What is that? It's basically you have tendencies of both. Okay. You, you know, there is I guess a limited, you know, resource of energy output that you have. However, um, it doesn't necessarily cripple you when it comes to speaking with new people and even engaging in on a surface level. Like there's no like anxiety involved, I yeah. would say, of, of any kind. So, you know, sometimes I feel like talking more than other times, but <laughs> for the most part, I don't love small talk. I'll do it. It's fine. But it kind of kills me inside. It kills me (laughs) on the inside a little bit. And when I meet new people and we do start talking, I'm going to try to go deeper. Yeah. And that will be a test of who they are. And if I want to keep talking to them, because some people will do it. They're like, oh, yeah, man. I remember when I was seven, you know, my my uncle, like he was in a gang and they'll just start going in. I'm like, oh, you're going in. OK, here we are. Let's talk about the realness. Like, I'm not here to talk about. Oh, so, you know, like, are you a project manager? OK, how long are you going to do that for? Like, that's fine. But that is not the essence of who people are. That's just what they're doing. So, um, if if we can go there, then I open up. I'm yeah. similar. If, then we, if I know we can actually get to know each other, then I'm going to be all in. I'll do it for sure. Yeah, I, it's exactly how I am. And you, for people that don't know about introverts, the whole like resource and like battery of my life yes. <laughs> is such a real thing. Yes. I can only do it in doses. Unless like for Mike, he gets that because there's been times where. He just knows I'm not going to answer a phone. <laughs> yeah. As frustrating as that becomes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and, you know, I could be looking at him like, and we're so close. We're seriously, literally family at this point now. But uh, yeah, yes. I have limited resources and I have to recharge. I have to have my personal time where nobody's talking to me and I'm in my world. If I don't get that, I feel like I'm losing my mind. It drives me crazy. And, I, and I, know I, come, I know I come off, I hope I don't come off like a jerk to people, you know, that's how I always feel. Uh, and like when we met John for the first time, that was uh, one of our listeners from day one. I felt so mm. bad for John because I felt like I didn't give him <laughs> a great experience of me. Not that I was a jerk to him. I felt like we still talked and had a good time. But 
I felt like Mike had worked so hard to carry me across the finish line. Of, <laughs> At uh, this point, I'm, <laughs> it's not that hard of work because I'm so used to it. But I do get, and that's another thing about this personality that we're talking about, even that this like authentic self is like, there's also chemistry that comes into play that when you combine yes. with somebody else, your personality shifts a little bit. And yep. that doesn't mean you're different. That just means that's how, mm. that is your authentic reaction to the chemistry involved yes. you know some things yeah. are great and harmonious other things are volatile and <laughs> you know but i know yes. with ryan ryan is is different around me than he is around take me out and put somebody else in mm. some of that has to do with a comfort level but also some of it just has to do with i bring certain aspects out of you oh, yeah. you know and <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's the same way I've, it is so interesting because we've only met john so i can't imagine at your level when yeah. you put something out there that people then judge on your personality. But I just can't imagine somebody going, I met this person or I uh, experienced this thing that they created and it's not at all who I thought they were, Yeah, which is <laughs> kind of wild. It uh, is, you know, <laughs> and, and again, at the same time, I am so grateful for that experience. You know, it was like the one thing that George could not really prepare us for. Honestly, the way he puts it, and this is a little bit crass perhaps, but he's like, putting on a new fragrance is like showing your bare ass to the world. And, <laughs> and I'm like, and I see it now. I get it. That's what it is. You just let, oh yeah, there's a pimple there and you know, you got, you got a lot of hair, you know, people are just going to, they're just, they're going to pick it apart. Or and some people are going to be like, it looks great. Yeah. I love everything about it. That's a good looking ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If me and Ryan did that, nobody be saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we picked no, the audio be. format instead of the video <laughs> yes, format. It's like little do people know you guys are just bearing it all. Out. <laughs> <laughs> that is that You're is recording one. the buff. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, we, uh, I yes. mean, but in a way, long form content is more vulnerable in a way too because you're i think the one benefit that we do have from podcasting because it's such long form people listen to us for large chunks rather than let's say like yes. an eight minute video or something they do get a heavier dose of who we are over the course totally you know of the podcast yeah i do want to ask yeah. a couple more questions because we do have some more uh patreon questions for you one of them mm -hmm. was from tour and i hope that i'm not pronouncing that the wrong way so sorry tour yeah. if i am but just to sum it up they basically said they know that you're more about the fragrance rather than the performance you're more about the scent than the performance but is there a threshold to where you could go wow that smells so great but it doesn't last long enough for me to spend this chunk of money on it do you have a threshold mm. for that i can't say i have a quantified threshold I have a variety of fragrances in my collection, some of which I can detect for three hours, some of which I can detect for 33 hours. And I wear them all and I have use and function for them all. And that's what it really comes down to for me is function and use. You know, like I always like to equate it to clothing. You know, I know like the idea of integrity and performance is not really a thing with clothes. But if you think about like, I'd say at the core for a lot of people, not most people, but a lot of people, the reason why they prefer their fragrance to perform is so that others can be aware of it. Right. I think that's just kind of base level and that's where we all start and that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. On my channel, I talk about it can become problematic when that is the sole purpose 
of your acquiring of new fragrances because, again, I'm a guy of authenticity. That just doesn't feel authentic, but I cannot control what people do with their money. Do your thing. I'm not going to be like, don't watch my videos because you <laughs> right. think like me. I'm going to say what I say and you may not agree, but we can find a place in the middle. Um, but in terms of clothing, you guys too, you have a variety of garments that you wear. Some of them you might wear once a year. Some of them you might wear 13 times a year, depending on what the function is. Some of them may not get you any attention at all. Some of them get you a lot of attention. It's just, it's, it's about that diversity for me. And at the essence of what something is, if I like it, whether I'm looking at it and I like it or I smell it and I like it, then I like it all around. Um, as long as it doesn't hurt me, you know, if I'm putting a fragrance on my skin and it smells amazing, but I wake up tomorrow, my hand is falling off. That's the problem. <laughs> but if it's not hurting me, I'm good with that. You know, I think there's this perspective on performance that I think I see this equation a lot. I see people comparing fragrances to cars. Mm. People say like, you wouldn't want to buy a car that, you know, you, it had this number of horsepower, but it doesn't really go in anywhere above 70 miles an hour. You know, whatever the numbers you <laughs> want to say, like, you don't want to be disappointed by this product that you spent money on. And I see that a lot. In fact, that is probably the most common comparison I see is cars, which is very interesting. It's usually guys who make that <laughs> Makes comparison. Makes sense, yeah. <laughs> yes. And the problem with that comparison is that cars and other products like them are created to perform and function of a particular way. Right. There's no real room for interpretation. Either a car can go from zero to 60 in four seconds or it can't. It's just like, there's no like, well, if you kind of turn your head sideways and you press the gas, you get there in three seconds. Like, there's no interpretation there. And that is, it's very kind of absolute. And as long as everything in the car is working, then it will yeah. do that every time. Utilitarian. I don't see fragrance. Way. Exactly. I don't see fragrance in that way. I mean, we literally put it on our bodies and no one can see it. Once you spray it on, it's literally invisible. And it's literally a part of you. It's a part of your presence in a room. You know, some people might equate it to like, oh, you are a person and you have a nice smelling fragrance on. But yeah. then most people will say, you smell nice. It becomes you. There's a mm -hmm. big difference between the compliment of, man, your fragrance smells great or you smell great. One is way more intimate than the other. To yeah. tell someone they smell good is a very intimate compliment and not everyone is comfortable with that. And just by that alone, that shows the variability and subjectivity of perfumery and, and the idea of wearing it out into the world as a part of you. It's not really supposed to perform. It's not like, oh, I, it's built in like, oh, there's, if you look here, there's these particles here. And, it, and if you <laughs> zoom in on the particles, each one of them says 12 plus hours, there's 12 plus hour technology all inside of this fragrance. We have the 12 hour <laughs> molecules we injected in. Like it's not, they're not made that way. Like yeah. a perfumer does have some agency over the types of fixative ingredients that they can use to hope that a fragrance lasts a little bit longer. It sticks on the skin, you know, things don't evaporate quite as quickly. They have some, you know, control over that. But if you go on Fragrantica and you look at any fragrance, and you look at the performance ratings, you're going to see ratings on every single category. Some people are going to say it lasted six seconds. Some people are going to say it lasts 13 hours Right for every fragrance. There will be a majority for a lot of those fragrances, but just the fact that there's variety means like this thing is not the variable. It's not like it's changing for every person. Right. We are the variable. And our detection is the variable. There's a difference between how long something lasts and how long we can detect it. Because evolutionarily speaking, 
This thing was not intended to smell one scent for 13 hours. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's not created for that. That's why the brain tunes things out. I talk about this all the time. If your trash is is filled up in your house and it stinks and, you know, let's say like you're getting, you know, so you have to go to work and it's early morning, you're like, oh, you're running late. I need to take out the trash, but I don't really have time. I'll take it out right before I go. It's been like 20 minutes. You can smell it. It smells terrible. By the time you're ready to go, you don't smell it anymore. You forget. And you go to work, you come back. Oh my God, I forgot to take out the trash. Your brain shuts that crap off, yeah. right? And I think we, obviously we have to trust our nose because it's all we got, but we need to understand that it is not infallible, yeah. right? This thing is not 100% perfect all the time. So, especially if people are spraying like this, all on their chest and stuff, and then they say, oh, after 45 minutes, it's gone. I'm like, dude. <laughs> no. <laughs> We've been guilty of it's it. It's not gone. We've been guilty of I mean, it. me too. This yeah. is, I'm learning all this from experience yeah. because I was the same way. I'm like, oh, it doesn't last. It's crap. And I'm realizing, and I've had, and I've, I only spray back here now behind <laughs> the ears ish area kind of thing. And I've had people come into my comments saying, I have this fragrance. I used to think it didn't last more than three hours. I started spraying not right in the front. Now I can detect it for nine. Yeah. I'm like, Detection, it's, it's very underplayed and people don't really think about it very much. We've said it multiple times, probably if anybody listens to our podcast, you're going to hear us say it the 10th time, but we used to think that about Aventus. We were like, man, it just dies down so quick. Yeah. And then we mm -hmm. took a break from it and this guy was wearing it. He started liking it again. He started wearing it. And he, every time mm -hmm. he would come up and be like, wow, I was like, dude, you smell really good. We used to think it was weak uh, in projection and longevity. <laughs> and I'm like, I'll smell it forever on him. And it smells great. And it's out there everywhere. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. It kind of goes into like I, uh, people don't smell their pets in their home or, <laughs> yeah. you know, they yeah. don't. We have dairies out here. And if you live close enough to a dairy, uh, which is like mm. cows out there smelling like cows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you live close enough to one, after a while, you don't smell it. But everybody that drives by on a school bus yes. is going to be like, Woo! <laughs> it's strong, you know? So, yes. I, I totally get that. Part of what we were probably guilty about is anytime we'd spray a Ventus on, we'd probably spend half the day smelling our yes. arms going like, mm, it smells so good, you know? And <laughs> totally, then after a while. Yeah, you want to do that. <laughs> yeah. It kind of turns, your nose turns off after a while. So, that is uh, a concept. I want to re-highlight something you just said because I felt like it was pretty profound. But you were talking about the intimacy of having a fragrance that when you spray it on, it becomes a part of you and now people identify it as you. You smell good versus your fragrance smells good because that's what the outside population is going to think except for, you know, frag heads and stuff that smell it all the time mm -hmm. will identify and go, oh, that smells good. But just the way you worded that, I I, I didn't want to add to it. I just wanted to re-highlight that for the listeners of thinking that that is this intimate thing that becomes a part of who you are for people that you meet. And I had yeah. one one last question for this is our last Patreon question. Luke Smith, he's uh, been a listener for a while, and he says, uh, can't wait to hear this. I'm a fan of Justin as well. My question, what's the biggest thing that has changed in terms of your fragrance preferences or likes, dislikes from when you were first into fragrances to now? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a great question, Mr. Luke Smith. I don't feel like my trajectory has been way too different from other people who stay in this a while. Rather than changing, I would say it's expanded. Mm-hmm. I will spray Blue de Chanel and I will find it enjoyable. It's not like I don't talk about it on my channel very much. I don't even own it anymore. To be honest, nothing wrong with the scent. I like it. 
but it just doesn't really move me anymore. So I just wasn't really wearing it anymore. So I passed it on. So it just, the scope has broadened. I, that was like, that was the scope for a period of time is like, oh, the stuff that smells good, the stuff that other people are going to think smells good. That's the stuff that I want to like. I want to make sure at all costs that I am not offending anyone with my scent. And again, there's nothing wrong with holding that because no one wants to be offensive. I don't seek, let me find the nastiest scent <laughs> I can spray on and, and then make sure that I don't care what anybody says. Like, no, that is ludicrous. <laughs> um, but in addition to my philosophy on fragrance expanding, that has also affected my taste. So now I just simply like things that I didn't like before. Like when I was first starting out, oud was something I ran away from, like the plague. <laughs> right. um, anything smoky and dark, anything super ashy, anything overly resinous, I was just not about those things. And I didn't make myself like them. Over time, I would come back to them and come back to them. And I have a few pillar fragrances that have been that control, so to speak, in the experiment, like Jubilation 25 or like Interlude from Amouage, you know, especially Interlude. I remember first smelling that in a store, maybe two years into my journey and the oregano like ripped my nose off. And I'm like, I, <laughs> I will never smell this fragrance ever again, <laughs> ever again. It was utterly putrid to me. <laughs> now it's gorgeous. Yeah. And I, I didn't like sit there and just, you know what? I'm going to love interlude. Let me go ahead and spend a day sniffing it until I love it. <laughs> I just, I would come back every now and then and, and be surprised like, oh, nose, like, are you good? Like, <laughs> this is, why do I like this? What changed? And my nose is like, I don't know. Like, you've been smelling stuff. <laughs> you just right. kept doing it. So, that's what I would say. Things have just broadened. So, at the center, it's like you have an, an urban center, like a city that expands into suburbs kind of thing. At first, it was just the little city center, which was all the things that were, you know, things you could get at the department stores, things that are popping up in all the videos, things that have the most traffic. It has just simply expanded. So, I like all the same things I've always liked, but my interest is now lying in the outer limits, so to speak. I like that answer. I feel like that's similar to everyone's journey. Yeah. Um, the further they go in, some people don't expand out and they're okay with, you know, mm -hmm. but for those of us that click into fragrances and begin to really like them, I feel like that's a good illustration of how all of our tastes have kind of done because the same with I feel like me and you Ryan that we've smelled stuff that we liked before and we still like it but now there are things that we might not have given a chance before now we're going oh okay mm -hmm. I'm just mm. waiting for the moment when aquatic and marine notes are a thing that I like because <laughs> haven't got there yet um, waiting for okay. that but uh, other than that yeah we've come across stuff even a couple fragrances with a little bit of mint that originally mint would really kind of turn me off but occasionally mm. Now I'll smell a few fragrances with mint in it. I'm like, eh, it's not so bad. Yeah. Yeah. That natural evolution. It's really nice when it happens because it just gives you more options. It opens up the doors and it's like, oh, now I can wear more stuff that I like. Just all it is. It's great. So moving forward and we'll kind of wind down on this. Moving forward, what are your expectations and also the things that you're excited about moving forward with your fragrance side of things? Hmm. Well, as I've always been trying to do is I just, I love growth. I'm always seeking growth. I'm not really, you know, for the first time this year, I have a goal with my channel, which I've never had a goal. And that honestly, that goal is as a result of my wife, who is very goal oriented, very long-term goal oriented. She's like, 
you should be getting a hundred thousand subscribers by the end of the year. There's no reason why you can't do that. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> and that's just, that's not me. I'm not really that guy. So that is like, it's weird. I have this, you know, sign post at the end of the, the year that I'm aiming for. And it's weird, but at the same time, it's exciting. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm actually pushing for something. There's a little bit more purpose driven behind my content, but also it's making me be careful because it's so easy to just do whatever it takes to right. get to that milestone. And it's like, no, no, no. I want to be even more authentic if I can. And I feel like I'm kind of leaning into that. I'm finding a way to be even more myself while growing my progression and, and actually speeding it up a bit. So I'm excited for just continued growth. I'm excited for whatever is revealed to me in terms of the type of content I might start creating. You know, I do, I'm, I'm kind of a big muse guy. Like I sit there and I try to formulate ideas, but sometimes things just come or th I'll see something in something else that I didn't see before. And it, it'll just kind of reveal itself to me. And I'm like, you know, so I'm excited for whatever newness comes as well. I do have this series on my channel. It's a, it's a satire series <laughs> called What You Think You Smell Like. <laughs> and that has been, that has been an ongoing series for uh, maybe almost two years now. It's very different. If you guys haven't had a chance to watch it, I could recommend maybe watching the first episode and see what you think. I think there's eight episodes right now and they all kind of highlight one specific facet of the community that I find silly, but in <laughs> a satirical way, yeah. I've created two different characters. It's just me, but there's this actually underlying like depth to it that I am revealing little by little. I have one more episode of this season that could be the last season. I'm not sure. The first and last season. I have one more episode that I still need to finish. I've been writing it. Well, I basically wrote it like six months ago and I've just been sitting on it and it's going to be the longest episode I've done thus far. So, it'll be a big project to film. I just need to make the time to do it. So, I look forward to putting that out and putting the bow on the series and <laughs> kind of doing a big reveal with some things. Because again, there's like more serious depth to the series more than just the laughs. But so that that's something cool that I look forward to finally finishing. That's kind of the saying, I think, oh, who said it? Oscar Wilde. I think he said, tell them the truth, but make them laugh. Because if you don't make them laugh, they'll want to kill you. You know, it's like people don't, people don't love truth. So if you can wrap it up with some satire, yes, then it's more palatable. Let, let me ask this real quick, because uh, the question Mike asked you a minute ago from Tor, talking about the whatever equation from like what lasts long to price point, you know, yeah, yeah. short or whatever. He's, he also added on that, and now it kind of makes sense. Is, so, we have not seen the series you're talking about, and we will watch it when we okay. get done with this. But you said just a second ago, there's a couple of characters in that, is, and part of his comment was asking, he wanted to know, he also wanted, he would love to hear Custon Joplin's take on the subject. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Tor has seen the videos. That's great. Um, yeah. So, uh, I, I basically have two personas in the series, but they're two different people. <laughs> they're just me and I put on different clothes and I have a different demeanor. And I, at first, I didn't even give them names. I had no plans to name them. It wasn't until a few episodes in, my viewers started to give the other guy who is like, again, he's all these ridiculous facets of the community wrapped up into a person. So people started calling him Custon Joplin. And I just started, I just kind of ran. I'm like, that is hilarious. I had no plans for that. I'm going to run with that. That's that great. is his name. So if you're asking Custon, 
I mean, if you see the videos, you'll see how he feels about it. If it doesn't last, it's trash. <laughs> and he will. And literally, there's a, an episode yeah. where he is trying to throw a fragrance in the trash <laughs> because it's not lasting. That fragrance is the Or Sauvage Elixir. <laughs> and for, Woo, and me, one, the uh, other character is basically trying to stop him and talk sense into him. So. That's amazing. <laughs> Justin, wow. thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. I know we could probably talk for hours and hours and hours and keep going. Yes. So will you make us the promise now that we're putting you on the spot? Will you at some <laughs> point join us again? I would love to, guys. This was so much fun. I, I really appreciate you having me. It's it's an honor to be here because you guys have a great thing going and it's just awesome to be a part of it. So I'd be happy to be back. Yeah, same sentiments, man. I, I didn't fully know what to expect going into this, but we just, we knew how calm and collective we were we were so enamored with that and man you really opened up and thank you so much for being so brutally honest with us and open man i, I freaking love that so thank you so much likewise thank you guys all, all right. right that's our episode with justin and do all the things you know to do like subscribe <laughs> go check out his content until next time spray, spray it up, up y'all, y'all.